The U.S. military veteran community is one of the most powerful and skilled networks in the world. We just need to learn how to capitalize on it. Today on the Financial Operating Base, we'll talk with Curtez Riggs, U.S. Army veteran and founder and organizer of the Military Influencer Conference. Welcome to the Financial Operating Base, a podcast and community to help you, the veteran entrepreneur, to navigate the terrain and accomplish your mission of business success. Joining us today, we have Curtez Riggs, U.S. Army veteran and founder of the Military Influencer Conference. Curtez, thanks for joining us today. Gentlemen, no, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Absolutely. Well, let's just start here. Tell us about your time in the military and your transition um, and then what you've got going on since then. Awesome. So uh, let me start at the beginning. I, I'm originally from a city called Flint, Michigan. Um, as us Michiganders would say, we're like right about here. Um, so I joined the Army in February 97. I graduated high school in January and immediately shift, shifted out, excuse me, shipped out to training. Um, at the end of the day, there weren't a lot of opportunities in Flint, Michigan. So the Army, of course, was a way for me to kind of like escape the environment that I had grown up in. So I uh, went to basic training, airborne school, and I ended up at uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina for the first few years of service. I served as a 19 Delta Cavalry Scout. Um, with the 82nd Aviation Brigade. That was my start in the military. A few years later, I made the rank of corporal and I got selected for the Army Recruiting Command. So I was basically told, hey, look, you're gonna leave this high-speed MOS and you're gonna go learn how to find quality Americans and put them in the ranks of the military. So long story short, I ended up being a recruiter for the next 16 years. I went from being selected to be a recruiter to being voluntarily converted to be a recruiter and that was my career in the military. So I served for 21 long years, long enough to know that the military was a great place, a lot of fun, and I ended up transitioning out here in a civilian space, and I'm trying to do my best, you know, as a civilian entrepreneur. That's awesome. Um, I first met you uh, back in 2017 at the first uh, Military Influencer Conference, which was fantastic, um, and it's been great to see it grow. Why don't you tell us about the genesis of the conference and what got you interested in it? And then um, sort of what's sort of been the, the, the struggles as well as uh, the benefits of seeing it grow over the years. So to, to turn back to my, my experience in the military, um, I've grown up learning how to recruit great Americans to do phenomenal things. I've learned how to build communities. And because I've learned how to build these communities, the next evolution of that was kind of like a place to bring a bunch of veterans together to do fun things. So just to rewind a little bit, in 2010, I was recovering from a very nasty divorce. I had launched my very first business and literally it was a credit repair company. Um, got divorced, my credit was in the pits. I went through this process of restoring my credit and through that I kind of like developed a skill set that I felt as if I could sell to other people. Um, so I started a credit repair company. It was called St uh, Stepping Stones Credit Solutions. Long story short, it didn't go much. I uh, didn't go anywhere. Um, I think I had three or four clients at the time. Long enough to know that this wasn't the right vein of work for me as an entrepreneur. And let me frame this by saying I was doing this while I was still serving. So I was introduced to the concept of affiliate marketing. 
From there, I was introduced to web design and web development. I learned how to build WordPress websites and I started to kind of like learn how the internet really works. So with digital marketing at its core, I started to build this skill set and it all began from me learning how to throw together a very simple website to launch my very first company, right? So once I had this skill set, quite naturally, I started to do more and more. So at a point in time, I had this website and it was called Life After the Army. A lot of people don't know this, but I was planning on leaving the army at 15 years and stepping into the civilian space and trying to figure it out on my own. Um, talked to my mother, talked to a few of my mentors, and they told me basically that wouldn't be the right thing. You wrote it this far. Go ahead and finish 20 years. So, of course, I opted to do, uh, opted to do excuse me, I can't talk, opted to do that, right? Um, what ended up happening, I came on the radar of USAA. Now, USAA has um, kind of like an influencer marketing program where they find influencers that are relevant in the social media space who are dominant in um, certain niches. So USAA found me and kind of like invited me into their influencer circle. So we would come together in San Antonio every single year and USAA would help us hone our craft. We would learn different ways to produce content, share content, and enhance our messaging to, of course, benefit USAA. In 2016, I was kind of like, you know, kind of like over going to USAA every year and kind of like hearing the same information. But don't get me wrong, it was incredibly impactful. So my contact at USAA, I said, hey, um, you know, I'm not going to say her name, say her name, but I'm like, this is phenomenal, but it would be so much better if there were other brands present that we could connect with, right? I love talking about USAA. However, I would also like to be able to talk about other brands. So her, her response to me was, you know, if, you, if you're not a fan of this, what are you going to do to improve it? So we sat down over a period of a few weeks and long story short, USAA gave me my first sponsorship to launch the very first military influencer conference that uh, you talked about in Dallas. So I went through this process of learning how to um, leverage others, other individuals' influence to host this very first event. So we ended up hosting the, the event in Dallas, had about 260 folks. That led us to Orlando, Florida for our second event. And now we're on our way to DC. Um, and each year the conference continues to grow. Our audience continues to widen. And, and of course, we continue to diversify the content that we share actually at the event. So hopefully that, that answered your question in a roundabout way. And that's a great story. So uh, just a couple observations from that background. The first is you, you definitely show and demonstrate the, uh, the guts and adaptability of a paratrooper. I spent some time at Bragg too, so I can appreciate that. Um, the next is you saw a need, an opportunity, um, and, and took that opportunity to capitalize. And there in the middle, um, you talked about your um, different experiences of, of really trial and error as an entrepreneur. Again, it's kind of necessity or, or opportunity presented to you that you took action towards, but yes. it's through that repetition that has really positioned you um, to do this, um, which is why it's so successful. But more importantly, that's positioned you to, to really help people out in their um, endeavors, in their business pursuits. And that's the real value there. And um, I mean, Joe and I have both been at, at the conferences and they're tremendous. Um, but what, tell us one thing that, you know, what's been the biggest challenge um, as you built the conference and built this brand and really helped foster this community and this network? Um, and how'd you overcome that? So biggest challenge um, is viability. 
um, our space is incredibly crowded with some very big ba uh, brands that do some, some great things, whether it's, you know, hiring heroes, whether it's IVMF, it's, there's a ton of competition in this space. So my first struggle was learning how to make MIC relevant. How do I, as an, an outsider to the uh, veteran community, I'm a new face in the veteran space and I'm not popular by any way, shape or form. How do I establish my presence first off and foremost, but most importantly, figure out how to justify what I'm doing so that the bigger brands, the USAAs, the Comcast, the Amazons, the first datas, how do I get those companies to believe in my mission? That was the first challenge. The way I overcame it was quite simple. So I'm a connector. Um, I'm a behind the scenes type person. I have a lot of relationships and I've learned how to provide value to other people. And in turn, they reciprocate. So the viability piece, the first major speaker that we landed for our very first conference was Dan Alaric from, from Grunt Style. Now, Dan is a phenomenal entrepreneur, kind of a different guy, but he's well connected and well established in the veteran entrepreneurship space. So it was a matter of me connecting the dots and finding relevant people to believe in my mission. And once I had a Mark Rockefeller, once I, once I had you know, a Dan Alaric and other people like him or them, it became very easy for me to justify to a third party why MIC was a place that they needed to invest in. And just to add to that, I say the word invest. We know that as veteran entrepreneurs, two of our biggest struggles is access to capital and of course, access to mentorship. So knowing that right off the top, I had to figure out basically how could I package up MIC so it was a solution to a problem that the majority of the brands who sponsor it has. That was a challenge and that was something I was able to execute by just bringing and pulling together the right resources, the right people. And oh, by the way, because it's different, it attracted the audience that we needed to make sure that the event was a success to the attendee and most importantly for the sponsors who actually invested in, in seeing it through, who wanted the ROI and access to the attendees that came. You, you talked about corporations that have an interest in what veteran entrepreneurs are doing. You're talking about that there are veteran service organizations out there that help in one form or another. And then, as you mentioned, there's the veteran entrepreneurs like us that have started businesses that are out in there. To, to a veteran who's a new face, that's got to be pretty daunting. Maybe they want to be an entrepreneur, maybe they don't. They'd like to learn about it, or they just want to learn a little bit more about being in the veteran business community. But seeing you know everything that's on social media or you know the outreach from corporations and veteran service organizations it could be daunting so it's a lot what what would you tell that veteran it is a lot what would you tell that veteran who is maybe standing on the sidelines and doesn't really understand the first steps in getting involved what what should they do so to clarify get involved in what to to get involved to do their transition. Maybe they, mm -hmm. they're getting out of the military this year, or maybe they got out of the military five years ago and have really struggled to find their purpose and want to be involved in this thing of ours. Yes. But are or trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. Or, yeah. or even starting a business. Yeah. So, so to the business part, just start. Um, you know, and, and that may seem overly simplistic, but at the end of the day, what does it take to start a business? You need to visit your secretary of state. You need to have a tentative name for the, the business. You need to know whether you want an LLC, a corporation, or if you want to more or less be a sole uh, a proprietor, right? You need to have that foundationally set up. And it's just a matter of paperwork, pulling a trigger. 
that starts the process, right? And to go back to your questions, uh, uh, Joe, um, I like to tell people to lean on their existing skill sets. Um, when we go through this path of transition, we try to recreate ourselves. And I'll tell, I tell people all the time that I have a high school diploma, I have a college degree from Columbia Southern University that, you know, couldn't even serve as a paperweight. I cannot find meaningful employment with the uh, bachelor's degree that I chose to get at that time. However, what I recognize is that through my years of service, I have certain skill sets that are very viable in a civilian place, the civilian markets. So I'm not going to, I, I refuse to um, change who I am to meet a requirement. The Army has gifted me with so many skills. What I've been able to do is learn how to leverage my skills for my own personal gain. So I tell people, you know, don't worry about recreating yourself unless you have to. For the most part, figure out what you're good at. Find an organization who needs what you're good at and humble yourself to step in at the right, uh, right tier or the right level of the, of level of the pedestal to find meaningful employment or the meaningful opportunity to get connected and involved. You know, a lot of us, when we transition, we want to step to the top of the mountain and we're not really, re excuse me, really willing to start at the bottom and take the proactive steps to climb that hill like we're supposed to, just like we did in the ranks of the military. Nobody joins the army or any branch of the military at the top. We all start at the lowest level, whether it's enlisted or officer. We learn how to improve on the existing skill sets we have. We adjust to the military, and then we learn how to get promoted within the ranks for whatever MOS or whatever job field we're in at that point in time. It needs to be consistent when we choose to transition in the civilian sector. How do I get plugged in, and then how do I figure out to work? How do I figure out creative ways to work from the inside to grow with that organization? And, and one thing that I've really observed through kind of a couple different civilian sector and corporate jobs is that the the military veterans tend to rise quickly to the top um you know and not just from a ladder you know kind of climbing ranks or, or or the corporate ladder but from a leadership perspective they stand out on the day-to-day -day. um and that's something that you know we tend to have about us in this community and why um having this network um, available is so important. So speaking of kind of starting from the bottom and rising to the top, um, you started this conference three short years ago and it's expanding and it's growing quickly. Um, so where's it headed? What's your vision for the long term of what this conference and, and what this community is going to do and be? So for my brand, MIC, of course, being my brand, um, there are a lot of engaging events that happen across the country every single month and sometimes multiple times um, throughout any given month. The challenge is they're, they're geographically dispersed. You know, um, an organization could put on a five or 600 person event in uh, Dallas, Texas, and then a similar organization would try to do something the following month. There aren't too many opportunities that really bring our community together and give us kind of a um, a, a singular event where there's multiple things happening underneath the same umbrella. As MIC continues to grow, like this year, we're on track to host 730 people right now. That's, that's a substantial, substantial increase from the 469 we had last year. So when I think about that, and I know that we're transitioning to another venue and location next year, I purely want MIC to be the destination 
And inside of that destination, I want organizations to come to the table and create opportunities within that one week window to serve their audiences underneath one umbrella. So instead of me as going, if I want to learn how to be an entrepreneur, instead of going here for boots to business and then going over here for something IVMF is hosting, why not go to one place during one week of my time and consume as much content as I possibly can to help me build my brand or ultimately grow my business in some way, shape or form. My goal is to make MIC that platform. Um, so that is just the one singular, singular location that every single year people know where exactly they need to be at. Wow. Well, let me give you a big wow um, for the attendance. I mean, I remember being in Dallas in 2017 and a bunch of us were joking, you know, this is the military Woodstock and we're going to tell people, oh yeah, I was at the first one in Dallas um, as this continues to grow and, and, and you're continuing um, to grow and it's amazing. Um, for folks that are going, certainly if you're not going, please go in 2020. But yeah. if, you're going, if you're going this year, um, what are a couple of the don't miss things that you just want to tell folks that are listening that will be attending the conference? So don't miss, don't miss the mighty talks. Don't miss our keynotes. Don't miss our workshops. Don't miss the conference. Um, but it's too late for the majority because we have, I think like 23 tickets left and I'm going to hang the sign that basically say we're sold out. Um, so to start at the top, um, every year we poll our previous year attendees and we ask them, you know, how can we help you grow? And then we take that feedback and we use that feedback to build the next year's event. So what we've managed to do is we've created a series of workshops that are designed to help people grow brands, either through Facebook marketing, um, by bringing in an individual like Dennis Yu. Now, understandably, Dennis isn't a veteran. However, he's connected to the community and he's well-respected and he's a subject matter expert at his craft. We also have some major podcasters so we're also going to have some major podcasters that are going to be at the conference for those of us who are in the podcast space to really specifically talk about how to grow their podcast, you know, organically, how to drive more traffic, how to get more downloads, how to market yourself a little bit better. That's starting out on Sunday afternoon. Sunday evening, we've uh, kind of curated some, what I would say, top tier speakers uh, from our community. We have Congressman Patrick Murphy. We have uh, Kathy Roth Duquette from uh, Blue Star Families. We have uh, Jesse Awuji, Charlinda Scales, Mark Rockefeller, who will be talking specifically about how to bridge the narrative. So we kind of like operate in a bubble and then we make that transition and we're trying to figure out how to properly connect. Where here are five individuals that have made um, that connection. They bridged that gap successfully. And now they're gonna just sort, sort of educate and inspire us on how we can do that too. On Monday at the conference, we have three phenomenal keynotes, Colin Wayne of Redline Steel. And I mean, that guy runs a $30 million brand and I think he's maybe 30. And once again, he leveraged the skills that he had, that he, that he developed through service, right? We have Lauren uh, Weiner. She's a military spouse that's doing phenomenal work down in Tampa um, in, in the SOCOM community. And then we have uh, Brianna Keeler, who, who's one of the uh, uh, daytime personalities for CNN. And closing out Monday, we have Pat Flynn. So what my goal has been is how do I bring, um, how do I bring speakers that the ordinary veteran or military spouse wouldn't normally have access to and plug them in, give them an opportunity to speak to our community, but oh, by the way, keep the price point fairly simple. 
So that's what I've managed to do. That's what I'm looking forward to most um, for, for MIC this year, just having an opportunity to connect with people that can personally help me grow my brand, but most importantly, they can also inspire and educate the attendees at the conference. Well, I'm pumped, I'll tell you that. Um, I'm excited to get back there and to be motivated and inspired myself, um, along with meeting everybody, networking, um, and learning a whole lot. Um, do you have a favorite leadership quote that helps or uh, helps guide or inspire you in your visions? So I can't call it a quote exactly. I said it earlier, just take action. Um, and, you know, I meet, a, I meet a lot of people with a lot of great ideas and they, they have a hard time taking that idea to concept. So execute. At the end of the day, take action. So if you can call it a quote, call it me or my quote, just, just take action. And whatever you do, take action. I'm looking forward to using that quote in the future and I'll attribute it to you. Um, <laughs> no, it, Jeff and I are both going to be at the conference. We're excited to be there. We've, we've been between the two of us. We've been to the last two, um, September 8th through 10th in mm -hmm. Washington, DC, uh, the military influencer conference. Um, for folks that aren't going to the conference um, and maybe we've now sparked it for them uh, to go in 2020, um, where can folks learn about, the conference uh you know what's your social media and then if folks you know want to reach out to you and learn about your experience where can folks reach out to you so my name of course will be in the show notes the best way um to connect with me is linkedin um it's a it's a great platform but just don't send me a blind connection request say hey look you know um i heard you on on, on the show uh, I want to learn about your experience. How would you do this? Start a conversation with me. Don't just send me a blind connection request. That's how you connect with me, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. And then about the conference, the website is militaryinfluencer.com. Um, we finalized plans, or I should say our, fin uh, our foundational plans for 2020. So next year, I'm not going to tell you where we'll be, but the dates are the 23rd through the 27th of September, where we will host uh, MIC 2020. Awesome. Cortez, thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us today. No problem, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Cortez Riggs, and we'll leave you with this quote from Mother Teresa. I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. Thanks for joining us on the Financial Operating Base podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or feedback to financialoperatingbase at gmail.com.